Right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Films, the podcast that thinks a lot on films in Malaysia and beyond. My name is Fikri, and today is a very special episode with a very special guest, someone that I've had on my radar for a while as someone to, to kind of bring into our um, top family here, if I may be permitted to use such a term. Maybe we should brand it while we're there. Um, but without further ado, that someone is... Mr. Iki Ali. Good morning, Iki. How are you doing? Morning. Sleepy, but yeah, it's weekend. So <laughs> I'm good. Uh, that's true. I slept very late last night as well. So it's, yeah, it's a very universal thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So Iki, I mean, <laughs> I'm interviewing you here today, primarily looking uh-huh. at your work as a subtitlist, right? Uh, as somebody who... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> works very hard to create subtitles for, for the stuff that you watch on TV. And we are going to get a bit more into that. But I just wonder, perhaps, um, in that sense, do I refer to you as a subtitleist? Or, uh, you know, is there something else that, that I, I should use, uh, like another term instead of subtitleist to refer to your work or the kind of work that you do? Well, uh, subtitleist is apt. Or maybe translate if you want to, you know, Squeeze that in as well. Oh, I'm okay. kind of a translator as well, so yeah. Oh, oh, that's very interesting. Okay, uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that part then because I think that translation is always very, very intri- intriguing. Certainly, as a as a professional experience to go through. Uh, but for now, I mm. think we are here primarily to talk about your work in subtitles. Uh, so let's start right at the very beginning. How how do you manage to get into this uh, line of work, Iki? Hmm, it's uh, in an interesting one because. Uh, at first, I have no idea at all how to do subtitles. Mm. I mean, I'm exposed to subtitles from like watching anime fan subs or even like anything that is subbed on TV. Mm. And then suddenly, my good friend and also we're student, uh, Ishraki mm. Yahya, mm. Uh, he he asked me to like, out of nowhere, Iki, buat subtitle untuk aku boleh? Untuk short film aku. <laughs> like, uh, you want me to do subtitles? Uh, what lah? Yes, because coin English power, right? So I just said, yes, without knowing how the hell do I get about that. Mm. And then at that time, I didn't know of a tool that I still use until today. So at that time, when I don't know anything at all about subtitling, I just uh, use like a, an online, like a cloud subtitling tool called mm. Amara. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's still around, yeah. I think. Yes, I think it's still around. I, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah, it's still around, I think. Uh, so from there, I started doing subtitling and uh, I really enjoyed the process because I can uh, talk crap or be concise as I can depending on the context of how the content is. Oh, there's this also one anecdote uh, that also like really triggers me to pursue subtitling even further. Um, mm. There was just this one time I uh, was hitching a ride with my uh, one of my lecturers. I, I think at the time I was like uh, walking from Giant. I was like we were waiting for the bus to go to Puchak Perdana. This is at Shana, then, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the lecturer saw me and then kata nak tumpang tak? I want to like hitch a ride. So I said yes. And then we like kind of like talk lah. Like, like what I want to do after this semua kan. I, I told him that I like subtitling. Mm. And then he said to me, forget it. Because uh, subtitling is like mostly robots do this, this. Bots are mm. doing the subtitling. I'm like, no way. This is like, uh, because uh, later did, he he never knew that later on in my uh, my life, when I'm more exposed to the subtitling uh, environment, um, mm. for lack of a better word, uh, if, there's no treatment to uh, translation made by bots or mm. they call it machine translation. It will basically look like Google Translate, the gibberish kind of translation. Mm. So uh, I remember watching, uh, uh, there was later, later, I think it's like before around COVID was 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 declared. Mm-hmm. I watched Gansan Kimbo and uh, I watched it like in the cinema somewhere, I think. Yeah. And then I watched it and like they didn't even bother to like fix any of it. It's like they just run it through Google Translate and just 
chuck it in there. It's like, I don't understand anything. I, that's like some reference that would be neat if they translate it, right? But they just don't bother at all. So it's from that, from my, from that lecturer's, dia punya tak percaya dekat, dekat tu, hmm. dekat subtitling for humans. I took that personally. So oh. in the later years, uh, I decided to like, somehow find an opportunity for subtitling mm. and uh, I started like ever since uh, this short film I've been doing other short films as well for uh, subtitling and mm. then at one point I came across a, fil- a freelancing opportunity for uh, you know it's, it's a localization company it's been growing ever since my my career so to speak in subtitling uh. That's brilliant. So, uh, if we were to look at it in terms of years, perhaps you know, what 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 kind of years are we looking at here? How many how many years have you been in the field? Um, uh, if I can count my uh, subtitling experience with Israeli short film, that was 2013. So it's like eight, seven, eight or nine years, around almost ten years, wrong. Maybe wow, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's been Fantastic. that long. I had no idea it's been that long. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, yeah. <clears throat> before we go a, a lot further with the subtitling thing, I mean, I think there's, there's more than a few things I kind of want to add on to some of the points that you did raise there. I also wonder because in, in mm. these years, um, if I were to think of you, Iki, I think of you primarily mm. as, a, as a film writer or as a reviewer of some kind. I remember you had Um, a website going for for a while, like your own website where you looked at films. Um, I think a number of them are films screened back at university and whatnot, and you just write your thoughts on them or something at Wayang at Budiman. Um, in fact, I use your one mm. of your reviews in in a in a part of my PhD thesis. Um, but that's also oh. the part. That's wow. also that's also the, that's also the part that got cut cut out um, because my supervisor told me to. To get it out, <laughs> so I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying it's your fault, but yeah. I'm saying you got yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but the, the point is me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, I think your, it was a review of Jauh di Sudut Hati. Um, ah, and it's actually quite interesting because it's not there's not a lot of reviews available of that film, certainly not online, and mm-hmm. so so your review was something that I took. And, and kind of included, uh, or your analysis rather, I took and kind of included in in mm. part of what of, of what I uh, was trying to say about the film at the time. But but that's the point. Mm. Here. I just I look at you and I think film writer or film reviewer. So I wonder how much of that um, is connected. You know, film writing and reviewing. How much of that is connected to your work here as a subtitlist? Do they feed into one another, or is it something that's completely separate from your subtitles work? It's kind of together and separate at the same time. In mm. a way that, like, if I want to do subtitles, I need to understand what the movie is about. So I write whatever is uh, the translation that is needed based on the movie, the plot, and based on an English uh, or Malay template that I'm given and to translate it as a subtitle. Also, at the same time, reviewing movies is like you saying your 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 opinions on it. But on subtitling, it's like your interpretation on what the person in the characters in the uh, movies or TVs are saying. So that's what I said. It's like separate and also connected at the same time in that sense. Uh, I, I, maybe you can catch my drift. I think, I hope mm. you understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I Something understand. Like yeah. Yeah. I understand. That's very important. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, as, as a reviewer or as a writer, you are in a way kind of just sharing a bit of what you think somebody else is trying to say as well. So I think that's, yeah, yeah I think I didn't think about it that way. That's a good one. In terms of, uh, I, let's get to the nitty gritty of, of your day-to-day um, uh, activities here. Let's say you are a subtitlist, right? What do you uh-huh. do? I mean, what, what is your day-to-day routine like? Uh, is there like a typical day for a subtitlist or is it, you know, not a very typical kind of job? So I've worked as a subtitlist in different capacities, As in, I'm freelancing for like uh, production houses or directors rather. And uh, I've worked as a freelancer through a vendor that does subtitling for other companies. Also, makan gaji. 
Mm. So like I've, I've done three capacities. So it depends. The the most like mundane one could be freelancing lah because especially freelancing improvement is because uh, okay, I'm just going to touch base on it. You just wait for like a job to come and then if no one takes it, it's available, you take it and you do it. That's mm. freelancing. That's like the most mundane one. Actually, actually, to be honest, now I think about it, all of them are kind of similar in a way. It's kind of mundane. It's the mm. process during subtitling that's the fun bit. Right. It's just a lot, a whole lot of waiting and uh, sticking to ske- schedules. Yeah, that's like my day to day, so to speak, on uh, as a subtitlist. That's like workflow wise, uh, but uh, on the fun bit, which is. You know, actually, subtitling movie. It deep. I have like so many different experiences. Like it has a breeze to subtitle. Like for example, maybe I do some some uh, adult shows. I also like. Uh, I think I can I can say that because it's already out. Uh, I also do uh, subtitling for Netflix as well. Fre- freelancing for Netflix. Oh, and right. uh, I did a show called Paradise PD. So it's an adult animated show, and it's oh, yes. very raunchy and everything. It's very raunchy and very vulgar and very, you know, all the adult stuff. And uh, that's like one of those things I enjoy most because I get to like even cuss in Malay, which is very cool. <laughs> because, yeah, it's like, it's like I have the liberty to do that. It's like very liberating when mm. compared to like working on places like my previous vendors and uh, my, my previous companies like iFlix even. Even though like the characters it's themselves can cuss. But in my subtitle thing, mm. I can't. I was like, why is that? Like, even like, even if I I can't cast, I have to do like the the softer kind of casting. Mm. So it's not like like as liberating as I I did it with uh Netflix. That's very interesting. Yeah, I never, I never really thought about that aspect. Which um, because people often speak of Netflix as the outsider, right? And then you have uh-huh. companies like iFlix or maybe view to a certain extent is a bit more regional, a bit more home-based, um, a bit more attuned perhaps to, mm. to I guess, local sensibilities, if, if that kind of makes sense. Hook mm-hmm. as well, before Hook went under a few years ago. But I never really thought that that no. sort of um, <clears throat> cultural sensitivity and sense, uh, sensibility also kind of translate, for the lack of a better term, into the subtitling arena as well. I... I mean, you you say that um, this is something that is liberating for you as a subtitlist, but do you feel like this therefore means that the audience member doesn't really get so called the full experience of of the meaning of the of the words that that they're being told, uh, depending on on the streamer that they watch something on? Uh, could that be a factor here in that sense? I mean, because when you say like you know cussing, I mean like that there there are different ways of of saying insulting words, right? But then there are words yeah, that really is. get right at the heart of it. And sometimes I wonder whether if you have to use one word instead of another, whether that kind of reduces the impact for the audience as well. Sometimes with the with things like this, like, like not not all cuss words apply to even, uh, uh, in English, apply to Malay. But mm. you can be creative with it depending on the context of whatever is shown on, on the show or movie, it would be always a case of loss in translation because not mm. everything can be translated because that's just it. We are Malay culture and every other culture are different. Mm. So we can't like localize everything from from that their culture to ours because sometimes it just doesn't make sense because we, we don't do those things. Mm. So... Yeah, it's not. It's sometimes it's just unavoidable to for things to be lost in translation, uh, especially mm. with that. Uh, it's not recent, but it's quite talked about. The non-Korean speakers will not get the full extent of Squid Game if they re- they actually know the language. Mm. So, uh, it, in my case, uh, I think uh, my opinion is the translators. I think I I don't I don't speak Korean, but. I understand what the story is about. I understand the beats of the story. Where is it going? And uh, how does the words conveyed in the subtitles relate to the plot progression and what the characters are doing? So I think that's a good enough job for me. Even if I don't get the full extent of uh, whatever uh, is actually shown on, on that different language and culture. Because this 
also reminds me of this one time I did a Korean show for mm. for iFlix. There's like there's this like dialogue where it was trying to say something like I I I hate this guy like I give him an inch he wants to hold that thing, but mm. but then again when I try to like. The subtitles of the original was like uh, I think it was directly translated from Korean to English, so there's like it's a bit by bit translation from Korean to English. So when I'm trying to translate back to Malay, I was like, this doesn't make sense at all. I I I have to like watch the the whole scene just to get what is it trying to say about that particular situation. So I have to like consult with my. Uh, Korean speaking uh, colleagues who are Malay so that you know it's easier to like get the full context of the the scene and uh, yeah it makes more sense to actually translate what is happening in the scene rather than the, the English subtitles itself mm. because it wouldn't make sense at all you would get anything that's happening if I totally rely on the English Uh, subtitle that is directly translated from Korean. So, yeah, I mean, lost in, uh, lost in translation is is unavoidable. Sometimes it just it's just going to happen. But as long as people can understand what you, what they're watching, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose at the end of the day, that's the main thing. Although I must say, the Squid Game thing, what you said there, I don't know whether this is exactly the situation uh, with regards to to the show itself. Um, but sometimes I do feel like there are some people. Who do have this superiority complex about uh, a language like Korean, especially if they're uh-huh. not Korean. So I, I did read about a bit of that um, translation issue with regards to the subtitles and whatnot, and there were some reports I came across, um, you know, a number of weeks ago and such. Uh, I didn't really delve deep into it because I've not really seen Squid Game. Um, just have not really had the time for it. All the interest, really. I kind of want to, but I kind of don't want to. <laughs> I think I just want to check yeah, it out that, just that, because my yeah. students are into it. Um, but but there is a superiority thing that I feel that sometimes people do have about um, uh, working with languages that are seen as as trendy, especially with with a language like Korean. So I feel like I don't know. It, it is a bit of that so-called privilege that they have as a result of the fluency that they in a way want to lord over other people. Um, I'm yeah, not, yeah. not saying everybody is like that, but I do feel like a part of that is a bit of some people who are like that. And and when you spoke earlier, in fact, this kind of ties in with um, what you mentioned earlier about fan subs, because I remember now watching a Korean show online. I think this is in 2009, and it's a show called Iris. And uh-huh. or, or if you want to go with the Korean title, it's Iris. <laughs> is that even the correct uh, pronunciation? Are you butchering it? I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they just Koreanize it. They, they just Koreanize it. I mean, yeah, okay, okay. They, they can say Iris, but they can't write Iris. Um, the closest they get is Iris. So, so that's the name of the show. And online, you do get across. Uh, you do come across a number of platforms that offer fan subs for a number of these shows mm. um, and quite a number mm. of them uh, are done by people who are in Southeast Asia and I remember this distinctly because it's mm. the weirdest thing right because the person who provided the subtitle for the penultimate episode is actually somebody who's Malaysian and I happen to know this just because they wrote there I think in the subtitle for the show itself uh Uh-huh. I translate that. There's one part, like a quiet part. I think somewhere near the beginning of the film, where the characters are not saying something, they say "sub uh, sub" provided by blah blah blah. Yes, I'm a Malaysian, so uh-huh. suck it. <laughs> so it's just like um, <laughs> they, you know, Chiki? they kind of yeah. But the point is, much um, there's that uh, again. This I don't know inferiority or superiority complex, whichever way you want you want to work it. But just the sense to say that you know what. I'm a Malaysian and we can do this thing here as well as the other, maybe the Vietnamese or, or you know, whoever was doing the, the fan subs more often at a time. So I think that fan sub community itself, I think is very important. Um, but I also think that it would be as an academic, I would love to take a closer look at that and just try to figure out all the factors that 
that come into the discussion there because it does feel like for some people, and, and this is why I'm explaining this here, when you know one language more than the other, it's like, it's like much um don't blaga juga lah in a way, you know? It's like, I get uh, this. And yeah, you showing off, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Yeah. So I feel that that is a bit of that um, Netflix discussion there, I think. Um, but I might be mistaken. I mean, I'm speaking as a man who who's not seen uh, Squid Game myself. So, so I could be uh-huh. entirely mistaken. Yeah. And on that note, though, I mean, do you feel that, though? I mean, in, in the so-called translation or subtitling community, is there something like that that you feel coming from some people, perhaps, who is familiar with, I don't know, in a global sense, a language that some would regard as more... Uh, trendy or cool like Korean is one but even beyond Korean it's like I don't know something like French I would imagine that there'll be some people who actually do have this this um, ego in a way that is not particularly nice yeah I, I think that happens I mean I mean like I'm not like really in the, I mean I am in the certain industry but I'm not like in mm. the community of fans up community per se so right But but uh, relating back to the Squid Game thing, uh, the one that made it viral was was a Korean speaking woman on TikTok. I mean, is she is she for, a Korean? For, I think she's part Korean, but she's very fluent in Korean. So the way I see it from that video, she's coming off as pretentious because she knows the language everyone else doesn't. So like, right. oh, I get the full me and, and 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 my boys and my girls get get the full context, but everyone mm. else. Haha, starts to be you playing Korean, then you enjoy it more. But I enjoy mm. it like hell, Squid Game, even with my limited or not uh, not existent knowledge on Korean. So mm. what the hell was that about? Like being superior and and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, some... I don't, I don't get that. It, it's it's a matter of it's for everyone. Everyone wants to enjoy. It. It's not just you. So don't be entitled. Mm. Don't be entitled. Entitled. That's what I'm saying. Do you feel <laughs> that in in a way? Do you feel this is also connected to the kind of value or perception that people have or place on a particular language? Like, I mean, you speak English and you speak Bahasa Malaysia and I don't know, can, mm-hmm. can we say that you speak Bahasa Indonesia a little bit as well? Um, not so much? Uh, no. The no. only Indonesian I get is like from the show I'm doing, that's it. <laughs> I don't like get everything. I just get Und- like understood. similar words, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So my, so my perspective is that all all languages in the world really are very important. You know, they have their role to play. There's something unique and interesting about each language, uh, including Bahasa Malaysia and whatnot. But um, is there a sense perhaps, um, maybe maybe not for yourself, but maybe for, you know, in your opinion of other subtitlers or subtitling companies and, and whatnot, the demand as well in a general sense for subtitles. Is there a sense perhaps that Bahasa Malaysia is not as I don't know, as highly valued, perhaps, as Bahasa Korea or, or something like that? I don't think so because mm. right now I'm seeing more and more like even in job listings that they're looking for um, uh, uh, Malay, Malay subtitles for these shows, for English mm. or Japanese or Korean shows. So I think the demand is there for Malays. I, I think... Bahasa Malaysia is is very much still appreciated because some people just don't, not all, not everyone understands English. So mm. when there's a Malay subtitle in anything in movies or or TV shows, this they are, they always feel they always feel that this is very appreciated. That this there's actually someone considering us Malay speakers. Mm. So yeah, I think yeah, I think. It's gaining more and more traction even now because there's like even more shows. The floodgates have opened because of Netflix, Amazon Prime, and whatnot. Mm. So uh, even more people want to understand what they're watching, and not all people can can understand English. So mm. Malay is, is kind of on on demand right now. So yeah, excellent. Thank you for checking my bias there. Very good. Appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, you, you do. You do need this every once in a while. I mean, these are just perceptions I have. But if I don't speak to you about this, I think I would have gone on with that incorrect perception, perhaps. Um, you you mentioned earlier something about uh, the the insults and whatnot. I, I just want to share one thing that the uh-huh. word uh, in in Bahasa Indonesia, a, a very common uh, 
cuss word, maybe to describe someone or just to kind of just, you know, describe the situation as a whole, uh, is anjing, right? Anjing, and anjing is the way you and I understand anjing, a like dog, right? Uh-huh. In, in English. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's just when you were talking about the translation because now, you know, I just, I often wonder that like, it would be so strange if you just translate things directly because if you listen to this, you know, you're, you're hearing Indonesians being very upset and saying out loud, dog. Yeah, <laughs> of course, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> it's just more of a cultural thing that uh, they have something against dogs and dogs are seen in, in a negative light in that sense. And, and so dogs, mm. are, the, the word dog is used as, as a bit of a, as a bit of a cuss word. Maybe it's close to damn, perhaps. Um, yeah. like, you know, sometimes when they, they scream it out loud, you know, to themselves, it is, it is something like that. So I just wanted to throw a bit of that into the ring here. And one one other thing in terms of the sensitivity stuff before we move on to some of the uh, other questions that I have here. I mean, going beyond cuss words, I also wonder about, you know, because Malaysia slash Malays slash uh, whatever, you know, we, there, there is somebody somewhere who's bound to kind of stir up some kind of um, controversy about one or two things here and there. And sometimes mm-hmm. it does make me think about how, you know, when we speak about even for, you know, uh, periods, for instance, right, for for girls or for women, um, uh-huh. we, we don't speak of it directly. In Basa Malaysia, mm-hmm. we speak of it in, in a very indirect, maybe even in a more poetic way. You know, sometimes it does sound like, you know, something about bulan datang or something like that. Um, datang bulan, ah, yes. Datang bulan, yes, sorry. Um, and I, in, that, in that sense, is that also an issue for you to try to, um, you know, you have something here, you understand what it is in English, but then in translating it into Bahasa Malaysia, it, it's not just that you want to get the right meaning, but you want to actually get a meaning that people will not necessarily be upset about perhaps. Is that also a consideration for you? Yeah, it it depends on the uh, client's protocol or depending on, again, the context. Like what, for example, if it's like I'm doing like something, like I said previously, Paradise PD or, or maybe Squid Game or something. Mm. I mean, I can be a little colloquial with my translation. So mm. I could use datang bulan instead of kena darah hype or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or on the stand-up comedy, I can just say datang bulan or... Yeah, I, I have... Uh, uh, it depends on... Or it all depends on uh, the uh, standard set for that particular uh, show or, or movie. Yeah, it's mm. in accordance to the guideline. Okay, fair enough. Do you have a preferred genre, Iki? I don't. I just like good movies and shows. All right. But uh, no. I'm leaning what? towards. Uh, I'm leaning towards like. Uh, I think uh, 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 have a balance between action and drama. I think if there's a set preference, it's that action and drama. Mm. Yeah, and a little bit of fantasy. Okay, something right. like that. Yeah. In in terms of uh, at least the first part of this uh, interview, we are getting a little closer to the end of the first part. We're going to take a short break uh, in a little while and we'll get back with the second half. But uh, before we get to the break itself, I just wonder perhaps maybe for people who are interested in, in doing this kind of work, is, is there like a career pathway or progression or a kind of ladder that they can perhaps bear in mind or consider? Um, uh, you know, what, what would you say to them? Huh. I myself have no background at all in linguistics, hmm. but I am, I did uh, study films and creative writing. So uh, just, I think just if there's any budding subtitles up there, you could, you know, go around that path or even I think sometimes I see even someone who is not in linguistics are interested in subtitling and they, they can do it and they just do it. So I don't think there's a sad path to be a subtitlist other than you being passionate about TV and movies, I think, mm. or even uh, being interested in in human connection, like between the screen and, and the audience. So I don't mm. think there's a specific career path because I myself, like I said, like most of the time I see the requirements for um, 
subtitles uh, like have a background in linguistics mm. but uh i managed to get into it without having any linguistics uh uh prerequisite uh, if for lack of a better word so yeah if you like it just just do it let me like you can start with freelancing that can maybe if anything you can start with uh freelancing for vendors that could like build your that's a good way to build your credit so that you can like go for more established outlets mm. at least if there is one yeah that's my advice i guess yeah okay all right fair enough if they are interested in doing something like that how how do they do that how do you look for a job in in subtitling uh i think there's like like uh places like or maybe like like a place where you can practice subtit- doing your subtitling without any pay for like I think for like maybe there's that talk or whatever. I think there's like there are organizations that uh uh I mean I I I might be wrong about this, but yeah, you can start practicing subtitling. Maybe like I think ah uh, like for example, I, uh, maybe they're still doing it. Amara, you can like uh yes, pick right. a random video on YouTube and you can try subtitling it there. Hmm. For starters, if you want to like get get yourself familiarized with the subtitling environment, mm. or you can like maybe delve into fan subs even. You, you can start there. Yeah, Sorry, what? I mean, I start never where? been fan subs, fan subs, fan subs. Right? Okay, yes. But I never done fan subs myself. But yeah, it's there if you want to start. I guess. Yeah, just don't yeah. be superior about it. I suppose. <laughs> don't be superior about it or inferior about it. Just, just, or just. You do it. you. Yeah, give it yeah. a shot and be happy just, with it. Just, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely right. We're gonna find out yes. how happy we can be about subtitle uh, subtitles um, after we take this very short break. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Our mission is to wipe meth off the streets. We are going in heavy. <laughs> Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back from our break and we are in the second half of our interview here with uh, Mr. Iki Ali. Um, thank you very much for the first part there where we talked about more of your career and such. Um, the second half here, no we're going to talk about subtitling in, in a more general, deeper, critical, maybe even philosophical sense, right? We're <laughs> going to uh, tackle a number of questions that I've always had when, when it comes to subtitles uh, and whatnot. But I think the the first thing to to kind of just set the pace for the for the discussion in the second half here is just to ask you like um yeah, just the importance of subtitles because as you mentioned earlier you know it seems like for some filmmakers subtitling is is a bit of an afterthought in the filmmaking process you know but but in your case you you surely have a, a very different view here um so the question I have for you is is just how important do you think subtitles uh, are um, in the delivery or even the creation of of meaning for the audience. I don't know if I'm going to sound biased or anything, but I think it is important subtitles mm. for movies because uh, in the case of uh, a little plug here, Prebet Sapu coming 16 December. <laughs> uh, I also do the subtitles for that movie. Ah, that's right. So, yes. Yes. So. Um, I've seen like my friends will like get to watch it through like these like international festival links that were going around before, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were really appreciative to the fact that the subtitles are there to even subtitle things that they might not even can even hear properly. Mm. So uh, maybe in that sense, subtitling is kind of important for things like that because like maybe the filmmaker doesn't intend for everything that is audible as a dialogue to be in the movie but mm. sometimes it's just a waste like you include that but you decided not to subtitle it so uh, mm. I think it's important because even uh, the feedback that I got from from my, my friends who watch Prepet Sapu through the international uh, festival links uh, streaming whatever and Mm. Uh, they said like they really appreciate the fact that I subtitle the movie because there are even parts or or there that is is either like muffled or 
Like, it would be cool that if they they know what 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 the the audio was saying. So mm. yeah, I think it's important for, for that. What it, it, it in case of a movie. So yeah, it's it's said that sometimes I feel like the like you said it's an afterthought. He shouldn't mm. be an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, it's certainly for for the films that I've worked on in the past. I, I worked very hard to ensure that the subtitles are clear in in whichever languages that we're working with, and that's, and that's something that I think even at the scripting stage is it is a, a part of my thinking as well. Um, not just uh, for myself, but you know, being aware that some of the films that I work on they do have. Uh, you know, different languages that not everybody can can kind of understand or get on board with. But having said that, looking at your answer again, when you said how it's useful for for just for some some audio related issues, for instance, right? I'm reminded mm. now of, um, in case you don't know, I have an autistic brother, and he has this tendency of sitting when when we were all living together, and in, you know, in in our family home, you know, um, many many years ago, he has this tendency of just sitting in front of the TV, <laughs> just uh-huh. not even in front of the TV, but the area in front of the TV, right? You know, in, in, in the middle okay, of the okay. TV, per se, and just making a lot of noise. Uh, we call it singing. So so he does like to sing <laughs> a lot as we are trying to watch something. Okay. Uh, and I can absolutely oh. confirm for you, not just to you, uh, Iki, but also to, to the ladies and gentlemen listening to, to this particular interview at home right now, it is the most useful thing in the world. <laughs> it's, it's not that you don't understand yeah. the language that they're using or whatever, but at times you just, you're in a context where you can't quite hear um, what is really being said, you know? Um, and so there are many occasions like that where it can absolutely be crucial. So your your explanation there kind of took me back a little bit, I must say. Um, thank you very much for that. That's, that's, uh, that's oh, cool. yeah. To I'm add some more, for like, I think it's more. also important for like, uh also need to consider not everyone have the luxury to hear things so we also have to consider um those of our heart that are hard of hearing as well so mm. you have to consider them and also very busy people who can like was like sneaking in some time to watch netflix but they cannot like blast the audio or anything so they can just read this for us and get what, what the story is about so oh really yeah I, there are use cases of subtitling for, for that like, I'm like okay that's really cool and also please don't get distracted on your work <laughs> oh, interesting interesting yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah yeah there's this uh, textbook that a lot of uh, film school students in the past at least uh, are supposed to refer to it's, it's called it's written by this author, James Monaco, who is like a bit of a film researcher and academic and whatnot. And the title of the book is How to Read a Film. And now that I, I, I'm thinking of your example, I, I'm fairly certain that this is not quite what James Monaco had in mind. He was trying to elevate <laughs> film as like, you know, read a film like you read a book, analyze it, think about it, et cetera, et cetera. But in this case... You know, you're not you watching can the film. Read the movie. You're literally reading the film. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, absolutely right. That's interesting. I suppose that's what I was doing at, at times as well in in the past. So I never thought about it that way. Very interesting here. Um, but there are also people who who do believe that um, as much as as it's been useful to have all sorts of different subtitles being created in different languages, it does take away mm. from a way in which people can learn the language. And by that, I mean that. There is just that school of thought that, okay, you know, if you want to learn something, then learn it. If you want to know it, you got to familiarize yourself with the language. And I think in the past, people have worked with um, video games, uh, with films as well and whatnot, where, you know, they don't understand English, but through the playing of video games, they start to understand English or Japanese Mm. for that matter, uh, Japanese video games and whatnot, you know? Uh, And then later on, there's just something there where they, they kind of take for themselves and they use it in other areas of their life as well. So, so there is, you know, it's useful to have stories translated into different languages, but, but, you know, certainly for some people, they feel that this is not really that something that's useful for you because if you have something now being made available in Bahasa Malaysia, 
it also means therefore that you reduce the incentive a little bit for people who might otherwise have been forced to kind of level up so to speak and 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 try to learn english and and kind of mm-hmm. use it therefore in their real life so to speak in different ways i just wonder what your thought might be on this particular uh, discussion i uh, back to differ because um man what was it in my head oh yeah uh subtitling english really oh yeah okay uh i think it's better for you to learn i think subtitling is is a nice tool to to learn actually learn nuances because sometimes certain things are better like spoken in the native language i want to know what they're saying in that native language but through subtitles mm. so yeah i think it's it's subtitling is useful in that way to to get the gist of how the culture that we're watching is actually saying it's better to do that than um, i'm sorry to bring in this bringing into this but it's better than dubbing because some people mm. prefer dubs to 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 watch the things but it's just that sometimes you just like you you are pulled out of it because you're not immersed in the story and you don't get any of the nuances so it's get it's get everything that is intended maybe got lost in 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 the movie or the shows so sub subtitles i think is like an aid instead of a, a barrier for for people to to learn more uh languages in a more nuanced way Yeah, yes, that came out uh, differently than what I think, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I understand. I understand. And I, I would agree with you. I mean, that's in a general sense, like I said earlier, I think in the break, we talked about the importance of of languages um, and perhaps more to the point, the importance of valuing all languages and, and appreciating them in, in on a level playing field. Um, and I think, you know, having more subtitles in, in different uh, languages is something that is um is very very useful for many different communities around the world so yes so that so that's something that i think i i can get on board with absolutely um so i i kind of just want to get a little bit more uh of your opinion now about uh the the rise in the number of uh, over the top streamers and also the mm-hmm. the impact on the demand for subtitles and subtitles right so so the short version here is that you know you have more of these platforms being more and more available in all sorts of different ways and as a way of competing with each other they are also of course always looking for all sorts of different stuff that they can show um mm. you know on on their platforms you know by and large we're talking about dra- dramas and and uh, films and and maybe even you know game shows and all this kind of stuff right so i would imagine that there's a lot of demand for a lot of different types of shows and stories being told um and i also imagine therefore that this has uh led to a demand for uh more subtitles to be produced um mm-hmm. i also wonder though does this mean that um it kind of squeezes a little bit the group of uh subtitlists working in this because the demand is there but it's not like overnight or over a few months even or maybe even over over a few years that you you suddenly have um the supply of subtitling companies or subtitles who can meet the demand in in a in in a way where the quality is not affected you know if you want to work 24 hours then you can do that but you know the quality is affected so i just wonder whether the, the increase in the demand for all these different shows and 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 films what not uh, has also affected how you work um and and maybe even um how some of your other colleagues might work um what what do you think about that Uh I think despite the um, abundance of content coming in I think it's still manageable I mean uh, as a artist I, I don't feel like the burden because like I mentioned earlier I work for uh, a vendor so this mm. this OTT uh platforms actually use vendors they don't do most things in house So it's pretty spread up so I don't think a, a heavy volume of content concepts for subtitles is not an issue here so if if this vendor can do it they can pass it to another vendor if that vendor mm. can do it there's always another vendor 
So that's mm. pretty spread out. So I don't think, I mean, as long as there are more vendors around and more subtitles doing subtitles, that's not going to be a problem. Mm. Despite okay. the heavy demand for subtitles because of the amount of contents coming in. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Certainly, I mean, it feels like If I check in after a few months, there's something new, you know. <laughs> there's like yes. something. I I can't keep up myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I miss out on this. I can't keep up myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great because on some level, you know, it does mean that you do you do have more more opportunities. You know, looking at it as as a filmmaker per se, um, not so active right mm. now, but but I, I do feel like these are opportunities for for people making films and also for for uh, those in industries like yourself where they translate and maybe even dubbing you know i know you say that you're not really a fan of dubbing but uh, it not. is it is something that is a done thing so yeah. so people in that industry i suppose is more work for them as well so i think that's not necessarily a bad thing um the next question i have for you iki is It's just to consider perhaps how this might have affected how you watch films, right? Because I feel that when you work with films in this way, in, in a general sense, when you work with films, right, you mm-hmm. can therefore look at films in a different light because of this perspective or experience that you have. I mean, it's, it's a normal thing. Everybody will have their, their different biases that kind of um, affect how they therefore take certain stories and whatnot. But in this yeah. case... You, you're, you're a subtitlist and you're working with films and, and you're kind of a part of the delivery of that story or, or the creation of that meaning for the broader audience. Does this therefore affect how you enjoy what might just actually be just a normal film? Like you go and watch Spider-Man, you know, that's coming out soon or, or whatever, right? And then, mm. you know, something about the subtitle, like it doesn't match with how you would have done it, for instance, right? Does that kind of make you feel like you cannot enjoy it in a different way or I don't know how, how does it affect your enjoyment of films yeah Iki oh it really does affect me especially if the subtitles are terrible hmm it's very it very affects me so like uh things that I consider good like for example the last time I watched in cinemas was Dune Dune part one ooh and, how was uh, it it was amazing and <laughs> The subtitles even elevate it to the next level, I think. Oh, really? It oh. does. It really does. Because really? there are like some words, because um, I think from what, I mean, I'm not like a follower of the franchise itself. Right. But um, the the way like, there's like so many uh, Arabic influence terms in, in Dune, as well as mm-hmm. I remember. And then even the subtitles go on the lengths to like subtitle it to be as close to Arabic, but also Malay speak it as possible. Like for example, huh. um, the one or the chosen one or something. Hmm. Uh, it was translated as, instead of a generic yang terpilih or something, this is very cool. I have no idea they, they can do this. It's called yang mufrat. It's like, shit. It's like, it really, it's really like, like, it really like, uh, connects me even further with the, with the story instead of taking me out of it. It's like, Because Mufrat sounds Arabic and Dune is very sandy and very deserty and very Dune-ish. So it's like taking me into it. So yeah. So to answer your question, yes, it does affect how I would view movies. And if I watch bad ones, I will like... Asal tak masuk sini Asal tak indah kat sini Kenapa Kenapa tak terus macam ni Kenapa Kenapa kau macam tu Macam tu macam tu macam I have so many complaints. So now that I'm a subtitlist, yeah, watching movies hits me hits me differently. It's not just the words; it's the timing of a subtitle. So, time you you gotta ah uh, timing, goddamn it, timing appear on screen <laughs> at the same at a certain time, right? Because uh, now yes, yes, I, yes. I, 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 I when you speak of that, uh, I'm reminded now of how I worked on uh, some of my friends' Korean films, and I also helped with the the subtitling of their films as well. Uh, into English or whatnot from Korean and and when when we're there in the editing room you have the editor just working just putting the subtitles on on the you know on the video file on another timeline in in Final Cut Pro right and then they put it there 
and then they leave it there and then they just put the words one after another. And, and I'm the one who's saying, uh, no, no, it, it needs to be like a few cuts, uh, you know, a, a few frames <laughs> further. We need to move it there. And then when they ask, uh... why is that? I just, I don't really have an answer other than just, um, uh, Kenyang. So Kenyang in Bahasa, in, in Bahasa Korea lah, not in Bahasa Malaysia. It's, it's not like, ah, it's yeah. not like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like they're asking me in Korean and then I say, um, oh, uh, I'm satisfied. Uh, I'm not hungry anymore. The Kenyang means ju- just, right? So it's just, why do you have to do yes. it? It's just, you just have to do it like that. Um, but I think uh, it comes down to that. And I think my friends kind of recognize it's like, uh, in the end, because I see a lot of films in foreign languages, I'm just used to, in this case, the timing. It has to appear like this. It cannot appear exactly yes. like exactly when they start to speak and exactly when they finish the saying. It has to be much. Um, there has to be that rhythm. There's a flow to it as well. Um, so for me, when I did that for a bit after that, I now that I think about it, I did think much. Um, oh, yeah, need to you know, and you get a bit taken <laughs> out of it, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and also, just a quick, eh, a quick anecdote. Craziest, okay. craziest subtitle experience I've ever had uh-huh. um, in terms of, a, of, of, of being a viewer of a film was uh, an outdoor screening of this uh, film, a French film called uh, The Class, which is mm-hmm. uh, a very good film. Um, it made the rounds in 2008, 2009. Might have won the Oscar uh-huh. actually for best foreign language film. So somewhere around that time, um, it was screened in the Busan International Film Festival. And they had an outdoor screening. It was projected on a big screen. And what they have here is, is very interesting because for Korean audiences, they are used to kind of reading things um, vertically. So the Korean language can be written vertically and people can understand it. So what you have mm. here is essentially a French film with the horizontal English subtitles at the bottom and then the vertical Korean subtitles on the side, on the right-hand oh, side damn, of the that's screen. Cool. It's pretty, pretty cool, cool, but yeah. I, I, it did get me thinking, if there is somebody in the crowd who understands very fluently English Korean and French, this person will not know where to look. Like where, how, yeah. how are they going to watch it? <laughs> Their mind is to be blown. Exactly. Like, which one? Mana satu nak tengok ni? Where, yeah. where, which one? Which one? Bodoh. <laughs> mana satu nak tengok? Mana satu nak, you know, dengar pun is one thing, you know. You can, ah, yes. You know, you, you're, you're hearing French, but you're translating it into maybe English that you read and then there's the Korean on the right-hand side of the screen. So, so it's kind of crazy, but that's that's how how it how it works in certain contexts. Um, so I just you know something that I, I I thought of just now when you were talking about that you know uh, watching Dune and such. So yeah, I mean it does affect you, I suppose. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, uh, well, sorry, yes, Iki. Uh, speaking of subtitle experience, with you being the viewer and I am the maker of subtitles. Mm. Um, I remember doing this movie for for iFlix. Uh, the movie mm. is already taken out on iFlix, so I can just say talk about it. Uh, it's called XS Three Tiger. Oh yes! Oh, and you did the subtitle for that for for iFlix, yeah. For yeah, iFlix I s- I saw that film on iFlix. I saw your work. <laughs> cool. And uh, here's the interesting part. Do it subtitling it is 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 a pain in the ass. Oh really? It's really a pain in the ass because I think you saw the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how unclear some of this audios audio was. Mm. Like especially like there's like one bit where it was like talking about a very important plot point, like about about the world is ending and, and there's like the the earth is like scorching hot or something. And then that was very important, but I can't hear shit. I can't hear anything. So, like throughout through throughout subtitling, I was like fumbling and like uh, how do I, I I subtitle because sometimes I can't understand anything that they they they're talking about in the movie. And it's even worse that 
uh, when I do side turtles, I usually uh, request for like maybe something to guide me on other than the movie. For, like, for example, maybe press kits or screenplays mm. to guide me in case I I don't get what is on the screen. I got neither of those things for SSC3. So imagine my pain subtitling things that I can even understand. I All I have to rely on is like, I have to ask my friends around if they can understand this or uh, I have to like see contextual clues if I can even understand the contextual clues because I can't, for the life of me, understand what they're saying. Mm. So... Uh, Yeah, it's a pain in the ass to subtitle, but glad you liked it. So I know I did my job. Yeah, no, but my bias, my, I'm, I'm, I'm biased here because I, I, I enjoyed the film because I know it was, it wasn't the best. Uh, in fact, it's not really all that great. But I, I, I came to it as a, a, a legacy fan, if you want to use that term, because I watched the first legacy two. Um, right. You know, I think that that. They're great films, the first two at the very least. So I really wanted to like it. So I kind of, I think that pushed me over the line a little bit. There were parts where it was not so clear. You're right, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I enjoyed it uh, for what it's worth, and and I kind of agree with you. Some parts could, could be better done. Um, but having said that, now that you've brought that up, it kind of makes me wonder whether in certain situations like that, would you have access maybe to to someone like I don't know Aziz Emosman to say. Um, uh, sorry, Encik Aziz, but I can't quite get this. Can Can I have a copy of your screenplay? Like, do you work? Do you have a chance to work closely? Um, all that often with the actual original makers of these films, if if not the director, then maybe the scriptwriter or the producer, in, in a way. Uh, in the case of Aziz and Osman specifically, um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could have contacted him, but we're not close. I mean, I've like lepak dengan ni juga sekali, mm. but that's it. We're not close or anything. But in case of my other endeavors, like for example, the also upcoming Siapa Tutak Lampu by Alifisa Rahman uh, coming in as uh, first, mm. uh, or maybe it's going to be outdated by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> okay. Three months from uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I work... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I really like even Prabhat Sapu lah okay I think that's like more closely I work more closely with uh, the director himself Muz Ami to to do the subtitles I would mm. uh, in cases like like movies like that I do work closely because sometimes it's their story so I need to know their own their input it can't be all all me I mean I can uh, interpret so much but in the end it's their story so I need to know their input as well Mm, so okay. I I do get the chance to work with this some um most uh sometimes most of the time yeah with with the directly with the filmmakers. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least that's good to know. You know, to have that opportunity to to make sure that you get things right, especially in, yeah. in telling their stories and whatnot. Um. Yeah. I think we're we're just about reaching the end of the interview. I think uh, cover a fair amount of ground as it is for for the first session that we. We're having here together. I think the, the the final question I have for you is perhaps just a consideration of the biggest challenge that you've had in your career so far. Um, I mean, you've described a number of, of incidents there. I wonder whether you can, um, if you don't mind, share with us. You know, maybe the most difficult uh, moment um, in 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 the conduct of your career thus far, Vicky. Hmm. I think for me personally, it's just battling my own demons of laziness. That's it. Oh, really? Na- nothing, nothing interesting. It's just moment, and uh, sometimes it's because something requires you to use your brain. So my brain sometimes is tired. So if anything, that's the biggest challenge because I need to use my brain most of the time. And uh, like unlike other works, I can't like for example subtitle while I listen to music. So I have to focus 100% to get the most optimal translation as possible. Mm. So that's also that. The challenge is battling my own demons of laziness and uh, I have to accept the fact that my job is unlike everyone else who gets to, you know, have their cake and eat it too. I can't. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because when I do my subtitling, it has to be only the subtitling. The only time I can have a rest is when I'm like, okay, kita dah ajak 5 minit, 10 minit. And then continue. That, that, that is my challenge. And oh yeah, this, I need to point this out. Oh, the challenge is, is when, uh, when they said they're gonna, when, when a, a vendor or something, they said, hmm. oh yeah, uh, I, I did, uh, I mean, I'm not to talk back, bad about them, but this is just how I feel. They should have like, I, I got the, I mean, they, they, they told me I would get the job like earlier, hmm. but then, uh, there's a certain deadline that they want they want uh, the job to be done but instead it would push way back and instead of like uh, giving me the leeway to like uh, finish it by giving me more time I can't I have to like really ahead to the to the deadline even though it's quite impossible and drawn out the the content that I was doing mm. so don't 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 rush. I don't like being rushed. Because if I'm rushed, I might, my, the output of my subtitle might be shitty. Might be terrible. Yeah. Don't rush yeah. me. Don't, 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 don't make me wait and don't rush me. Because I was waiting and waiting. When can I do the, the job? In the end, it came at the very last minute and I, I still have to do it before the deadline, which is like, like the next day. I mean, I, I, I was, let's say I got the, job on 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 friday mm-hmm. but but the the file was not de- delivered to me by friday and the deadline is let's say tuesday next week but instead i got it like on monday and i have to finish that by tuesday so i hate being rushed uh, that's ridiculous don't don't, what, don't what do that don't do is, that is this a feature film or a tv series or it's for uh it's for Uh, YouTube series for YouTube documentary. Actually. Right. All right. So the length, the length is what? An hour? I, 90 minutes? Because uh, here's the thing also. The, 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 the thing I did, because it's a, it's a documentary. So you know mm. how can things get because it's unscripted, right? Mm. So it's around, it's only around 40 minutes, 45 mm. minutes. But because it's a documentary and it's covering like an event an esports event imagine my horror trying to to translate the play by play commentary <laughs> oh my god that's like oh i mean i i can't translate the the part where it's the talking heads where the the players are talking about you know hmm. about about what transpired on the day of the event but then I also have to translate the play-by-play commentary and they took so fast. There was music on top of it. I can't for shit what they're saying, but it's important as well for me to translate it. So, and then that became a problem because it will be becoming longer and longer and longer than I, I anticipated. So, yeah, it just came to me. It's so, it's so recent, but I forgot about it and I remember. So, there it is. Well, I'll tell you what, Iki, I mean, your, your answer there kind of just perfectly highlights uh The, the the situation that I suspect not just you but a number of other subtitlists find themselves in. I think in this mm. case, uh, you know, it's a perfect way to end this interview. Like the the main takeaway in a way is just to kind of you know, to respect your time, to respect you know you as as a professional, um, and to respect the work that you do. And also in the general sense for us, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, myself included, to respect you know languages and subtitlists and subtitles in a more general sense um, because of, of the way in which they allow us to enter all sorts of other worlds that we wouldn't probably be able to uh, otherwise. So on that note, Iki, thank you so much um, for for your time here today and, and for having uh, agreed to speak to us very frankly about uh, the trials and tribulations that you've gone through as a subtitleist. Also, thank you for the work that you've done previously in the past. Um, <clears throat> I've seen Prevet Sapu. I thought... The, the subtitle work was very good for that one as well. Thank um, you. And XX Ray 3, the film's not great, but, but you, did, <laughs> you did a good job there. Um, and I, I, do know, yeah. <laughs> I do know that you have a, a new professional opportunity coming up very soon. So uh, for, my, for, for my part, I just want to wish you the very best of good luck 
for that. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe later on, we can check in with you uh, about how that is going. Um, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time in listening to our show here today. All right, Iki, say goodbye, Iki. Bye. Thank you for listening to Thoughts on Films. Is it? Yes, right? it is. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it okay. Is. <laughs> this is not Kai Baha's show, okay? This is uh, Thoughts on Films. That one you check Three out another, on him, huh? somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, bye, everyone. Right. Everything is okay. I just want to play. Because I'm living life